Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? What's up, you lockdowners? Clint Russell. We're live. I don't go live too often, but uh, this one felt worthy because uh, I want to get your feedback. So if you're watching live, please feel free to fill the chat with questions. I may may bring some of them up later on. Uh, Super chats are also available if you want to make sure your question gets read. Uh, This one is going to be brought to you sponsor-free. As you know, I have been doing way more episodes than I used to, so I just wanted to give you guys one more opportunity to support the show. There has been a flood of support that I've received on my locals over the past two weeks. Can't can't thank you guys enough. Anybody else that's really enjoyed the the recent deluge of incredible content I've been putting out, go to libertylockdown.locals.com, sign up to become a supporting member of the show. I do exclusives over the, over there. I had one with Anomaly just last week, which was great. Um, and I think he and I are going to be doing that every month or two moving forward. And that'll be exclusive over there. So we can tell the fucking truth because I can't really do that on YouTube, unfortunately. And uh, if you want to support my work, also become a walking billboard. Go to toplops.com, pick up a shirt for Liberty Lockdown. And without further ado, this is a big one. I, I'm very excited about this. We got the chair of the People's Party, Nick Brenna. There he is. How are you doing, Nick? Hey, Clint. Good. And then my my OG, the my mama bear, chair of the Libertarian Party, Angela McArdle is with us. Hey there. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. Well, uh, as we we all know, uh, this we're we're coming together across we're crossing the political aisle because we're concerned about dying in a nuclear holocaust. What a what a mm-hmm. profound <laughs> purpose for us to actually be able to find some common ground here and given that the duopoly is obviously working in tandem to bring world war three uh about we really are left no other choice so let's start there uh, i guess nick you and i aren't super familiar with each other and actually my audience may not be either so go ahead and tell us a little bit about your organization and and what they can expect from you Yeah, sure thing. And so I'm the national chair of the People's Party. Um, We formed in 2017, originally beginning as a draft Bernie Sanders for a People's Party. And in 2020, we held the People's Convention. Uh, We were the movement for a People's Party for a few years, um, looking to build a new party in the US, um, a a populist new party. And then in 2020, held the People's Convention right after the DNC, the RNC Convention had a million viewers out of that, uh, really uh, kind of blew up. And so then we've started, uh, uh, you know, building state parties, registering um, in the states and, uh, and and building the party infrastructure. And um, we are strongly opposed to war and uh, the surveillance state and the security state. And so we've found great friends in the Libertarian Party uh, in doing that. We held a great live stream with, uh, uh, with Angela uh, between our parties a few months ago and um and that was kind of the 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 beginning of this collaboration which has has led to this this awesome event awesome well and and for the event for those that aren't aware angelo could you fill in the audience yeah so the people's party and the libertarian party have come together in agreement about the dangers of nuclear war and american militarism and wars for empire and we've pretty much just said enough is enough We collaborated and last night we were super excited to announce a giant anti-war protest that's going to take place in Washington, D.C. President's Day weekend. It's going to be an anniversary of uh, a one year anniversary of this war, February 19th on a Sunday. And uh, you can find out more about it at Rage Against 
war.com. We've got a list of demands that we are demanding from Washington. We are bringing in some big name speakers from the left and the right. This is supposed to be a real unifying event. It's, you know, this is an absolute emergency. We're very worried about nuclear war. We're worried about nuclear winter. We're worried about Washington's spending, spending on war and just sending all of our money over there inflation and just everything that's come together. Um, Nick, do you have the list of demands? Do you want to share what those are? Oh, I would love to. Um, so we have an awesome uh, list of demands that, yeah, would love to talk about. And so, you know, our, our like Angela said, the, uh, the thing that brought us together most was uh, this war in Ukraine, but also all wars um, that this country wages and, and around the world, really. And so our first demand is uh, not one more penny for war in Ukraine uh, and negotiate peace. And then we're also demanding stop the war inflation, higher gas prices, food prices, disband NATO, global nuclear de-escalation, slash the Pentagon budget, abolish the CIA and military industrial deep state, probably my favorite, abolish <laughs> war and empire. And uh, yeah, we're really going to the heart of the issue with that one. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. We're, but, you know, that that's what we want to do with the event. We're not playing around. We're calling out the people who are responsible, the institutions that are responsible. Um, and the, the last three are abolish war and empire, restore civil liberties and free Julian Assange. You haven't said a single word I disagree with. And in, in fact, many words that are musical to my ears so i i am on board fully um do we already have a, a speaker lineup just so people can know who to expect or are you st still putting that together yes and yes so we do have a okay. speaker lineup and we're waiting on a lot of our speakers to confirm but we are going to have our own uh scott horton there very excited to have scott eliza blue has uh expressed interest in speaking so has rose mcgowan we're going to have jimmy Dore. uh courtesy of the People's Party. So super excited there. Uh, Garland Nixon. Uh, who else, Nick? We've got a handful of other people who we're waiting to confirm. It's it's looking really great. It is. Medea Benjamin uh, confirmed. Uh, she's on board uh, with Code Pink. Um, and the piece in you uh, just a couple days ago, too, uh, just uh, uh, before we uh, we did an interview on Jimmy's show to share the action. Um, uh, we were endorsed by the Peace in Ukraine Coalition, which is really exciting because it's uh, it's the biggest coalition of anti-war groups uh, in the country right now uh, that are really active, meet weekly. Um, and so that was very that's very exciting. I think we're going to you know, there's a there's a bunch of other people uh, who we've got uh, on the list to invite. So I think it's going to be huge and it needs to be huge. It needs to be huge because the anti-war movement in this country has not been to the level that's needed. And, it, and right now, when you compare the level of activity, hundreds of thousands in the streets protesting the Vietnam War, and they ended that war, hundreds of thousands protesting the Iraq War, and by that point, the government's so unresponsive that they didn't end that war. But still, here we are facing potential nuclear war uh, with just an insane proxy war in Ukraine, and there, we're, we're not seeing anything of that scale. And so right. we're trying to revitalize the, the anti-war movement to a level that that is demanded by by like by the crisis that exists. Well, I think that's what disturbs me most is that 
we were able to galvanize and create a decent anti-war push when it was not an existential threat. I mean, granted, right. the Vietnam War was a tragedy, so was Iraq and Afghanistan, uh, but they weren't like the world could end type of conflicts, right? And and now we are looking one, you know, dead in the barrel, and it just no one seems to care. And right. There's almost almost unanimity if you listen to the media. It's like this is the most patriotic duty we all share is that we must support and encourage and just sprint down this path towards nuclear escalation uh, with the country with the most nukes on the planet and arguably a more advanced arsenal than the United States of America. And I don't think people I don't think many people are aware of that, that, that Russia is you know, armed to the teeth. And, and this is just just absolutely suicidal. I actually wanted to I, I don't do this often, but um, one of someone I'm sure we can all come together in hating. Lindsey Graham did a <laughs> on Fox News yesterday. Would you guys be interested in watching that with me? Yes, let's do yeah. it. All right. Uh, I despise this guy. And uh, for those that think that, you know, libertarians are just conservatives. Sure. Sure we are. Um, <laughs> this guy is one of, one of my least favorite human beings on earth. And let's hear from Mr. Graham. Joining us now is Republican South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham. Senator, great to have you here on this holiday Thank week, you. sir. A lot of news, a lot happening. We're watching the White House. We'll be watching the Capitol later today. To what extent do you believe this country should continue to aid Ukraine in this fight? Uh, completely all in without equivocation. <laughs> um, if Putin dismembers Ukraine, he will not stop. China is more likely to go into Taiwan. The world will unravel and no domestic problem gets better here at home, allowing Putin to destroy Ukraine. Quite the opposite. If you can stop. Let's pause it there. <laughs> Let's pause it there. Just see what you guys have to say about that one. Uh, I can't believe the assertions he's making. They're, they're completely unfounded. And I see no net benefit to the American people in this in this process. Um, one, I don't think that Ukraine can win this war. I honestly do not. I, th I believe that, that Russia and Putin see it as an existential threat and that ultimately this is going to end in compromise, most likely, let's hope, or total conquest and t hundreds of thousands of dead Ukrainians if it goes to that extent. Um, I don't think it's to the benefit of the Ukrainian people, nor is it to the benefit of the American people. You guys have any comments so far? Okay, so let's think about that. What What benefit could there be? I mean, I'm really... I'm really uh, racking my brain. I mean, a unipolar world order. I think that's that's what he's actually about. Okay. Well, there, there's lots of benefits um, if you're an extremely rich military industrial contractor, mm. or if you're a member of Congress who's skimming off of the donations, uh, you know, um, that that are essentially given to uh, Ukraine, the more than hundred billion dollars, which it's soon to be. Uh, Lindsey Graham, by the way, is the person who, with John McCain, went to Ukraine uh, and told them that uh, a few years ago that we are going to help you do everything to escalate against the Russians and fight the Russians. So Lindsey Graham has never met a war he doesn't like, you know, and Lindsey Graham is not alone in making that statement either. Um, this kind of uh, ridiculous statement that Ukraine is the most important thing, the most important national priority in the United States. 
the uh mitch mcconnell said that uh, just uh like a day or two ago nancy yep. pelosi said the same thing joe biden said at the white house with Zelensky next to him we you know we're going to support you endless billions of dollars whatever you need as long as it takes was the quote well guess what there were polls about this ukraine ranks at zero percent in terms of american priorities among americans it is zero percent of the American populace's <laughs> top priority. Well, come on, we there's got to be at least one percent of deep staters that want this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel I feel very similarly. And and for those that aren't aware and think that like we're just a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists, please watch my episode from two months ago called "The War They Wanted." I actually show you the video clips of John McCain and Lindsey Graham, I believe it was 2019, saying next year is the year of offense, and they're talking to the Ukrainians years prior to Vladimir Putin ever invading. So it, this is this has been their plan for a very long time, and if you just just watch it, just watch it. It's called The War They Wanted. Uh, let's continue with Mr. Graham. God, oh, my blood's boiling already. Putin and Ukraine, China will probably rethink invading Taiwan and the world will be a better place. Nobody's dying over here, no American soldiers. We're spending money, but it's being spent at a good cause, the cause of freedom. So I'm all in, whatever they need, as long as they need it. So when you say all in, uh, Senator, would, would you agree to give Zelensky what he says he wants, which is the long range attack him? Yeah. Artillery missiles, would you give him Great Eagle drones? Yeah. Would you give him Reaper drones? You give yeah. him all that? I would give him the ability to dislodge Russians from his country. Right now, the Biden administration has done more, and I appreciate doing more, but not the offensive capability to dislodge uh, the Russians from the east, particularly Crimea. So the longer range weapons would hurt the Russian military more effectively. The drones would be the biggest game changer. If you had these large uh, Reaper gray drones, you would kill tons of Russians without losing any Ukrainians in the endeavor and change the tide of battle. The Biden administration just can't quite embrace victory for Ukraine. I can. Oh my God. Uh, we're just starting to get some work. Jesus Christ. Are I they gonna God. are they gonna evict all of the ethnic Russians who live in Ukraine? Is do, do those people also get ousted? How does this uh, work? If I'm being totally honest, I, I sincerely doubt Lindsay either knows or cares about the ethnic Russians that live in the east of Ukraine. Just being honest. Nick, how you feeling? I mean, it, it it's insane. There's things happening in this war, Clint, that didn't even that were unthinkable during the Cold War. Uh, you know, just a couple weeks ago, uh, we saw that Ukraine struck Russian nuclear air bases hundreds of miles into mainland Russia. If that would have happened during the Cold War, it never happened during the Cold War. Not even during the Cuban Missile Crisis was something like that imaginable. And the United States, in response to that, said that they're basically giving Ukraine the green light to do that. Okay, yeah, you can keep doing that. First of all, what is that going to, you know, it, that's crazy to bomb a nuclear airbase. But also, what do you think it's going to do to the Russian public conviction to see? I don't, you probably saw the images, massive, you know, fires. Uh, seen, you know, seen from uh, uh, from Moscow, from other large cities. What do you think is going to do to their conviction? You brought up earlier, um, Clint, the fact that this is a an existential threat to Russia because for the last thirty years, ever since the end of the Cold War, um, you know, the United States has a pr uh, promise to dissolve 
uh, NATO or promised to dissolve uh, uh, or promised not to expand NATO one inch right. to the east uh, when uh, Gorbachev dissolved the Soviet Union. But every American president since then has violated that promise. And so that's the underlying factor here is that NATO has spent the last 30 years basically engulfing eastern Ukraine, moving right up to Russia's border and threatening it. And there was a Senate hearing. I've seen very few people talk about this, but there was a Senate hearing here in the United States over the summer that really re reveals the neocons kind of ultimate game plan and why this is an existential threat to Russia. And that is uh, they talked about that their end game is to balkanize Russia the same yep. way that they balkanized the Ottoman Empire, the same way that they balkanized Yugos Yugoslavia. This is how the West deals with big threats. And so, of course, and then there's also been insane things coming out of people like General David Petraeus, who does the Sunday shows, is kind of like the unofficial spokesperson for the CIA, you know, as a retired CIA director. He's gone on and said things like, uh, 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 Putin is a legitimate target for assassination. We're going to sink the Black Sea fleet, you know, if if uh, if Russia uses nukes. And so they they are pushing this. They, of course, they they deployed the 101st Airborne Division to Ukraine's border. And so they are pushing this closer and closer and closer to a nuclear conflict. Even NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg said just a week ago that he fears that this is going to become a direct war between the US and NATO. And but what what he said afterwards is probably is a lot more terrifying, frankly. He said, and because of that, what we need to do is we need to escalate harder and faster. We need to arm them with more weapons. We need to put, you know, get more assistance. That that mentality is insane. And the neocons have drawn no limit. And so if this just goes on and on forever, like you said, Clint, Ukraine is going to lose this war. Like that is not a question. The question is, when that happens, what? how are the neocons going to react to that? Are they right. going to respond by going nuclear? Are they going to respond by invading with NATO? Is Poland going to invade? Are they going to try to retake all of what they consider Ukraine, which includes the eastern portion of Ukraine that was incorporated into Russia by t trying to retake Crimea. I mean, these are the kinds of things that are being thrown out there. And that is a recipe for nuclear war. Yeah, well, what, what disturbs me is that it was just like a month ago that they that Ukraine fired a missile into Poland and yeah. blamed it on Russia. It's so obvious that they are trying to catalyze a a world war. Yep. And and from a Ukrainian perspective, perhaps I can understand the logic. You know, if you if you honestly believe that you're going to be a vassal state of this big uh, you know, imperialist force, sure, I can understand the logic there. But I can't understand the logic from the American side where we say this is a worthwhile risk to take. It just seems completely counter to our interests and ultimately existential in nature for the globe and i'm not overstating that for the globe and they're just they're so just casual casual with the the discussion of escalating these things i mean we i think we put patriot missile to, uh systems we yep. sent them just last week or a couple days yeah. ago it's like a year it takes a year to train people i think properly and how to use it so we're in right. for the long haul 
Oh, well, they've clearly. obviously said we're in it for the long, as long as it takes, I think is what they said. But, oh, oh yeah. But now well, we really know proof of concept. It takes at least a year to get this stuff up and running. Well, well, I mean, this is a perfect example. The budget that they just passed yesterday in the lame duck is about being able to fund this because there's not public will to fund this. I, I tweeted this out um, a couple days ago that thir only 33% of Republicans are on board for you know, basically the as long as it takes type of yep. financial support and military support. Um, this is not a popular thing to be doing. So in the lame duck with a bunch of dudes that are going to be on their way out anyways, they pass this so that they can have funding for this proxy war with the biggest nuclear power on Earth that will persist at least through the summer. I mean, yep. that's crazy. So like the new Congress that's coming in, we're screwed. They're not going to be able to do anything about this. So it's really, in my opinion, this is why I was so happy to hear about what you guys were planning and why I wanted to have you on the show is like, it's uh, it's on us. Like Congress, yeah. I don't even think Congress can really do anything, not to mention they don't really have Congress vote on wars any, anymore anyways. So it's like, it's up to the people here. It's up to the people. And, and they're going to call us all sorts of names. We're going to be called anti-American and everything else. But ultimately, I don't care. I don't care well, anymore. It's, it it's anti-American to send all of our tax dollars overseas, Indeed. burden us with inflation, and murder people in our name. That's that's anti-American. I do think I do think this is potentially going to be like World War III with nukes. Uh, I think that Biden kind of is viewing himself right now as FDR. Well, who knows how he views himself? The people propping him up are viewing him, trying to portray him as FDR, uh, and, and Putin as Hitler, and, and Zelensky as Churchill. Yeah. That's going to well, be the Biden the is somehow even more incapacitated than FDR towards yes. the end of his life. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. yeah, I, I mean, and th they're also talking about how nuclear conflict doesn't have to be world. I know. I know. They're like the fallout uh, isn't that bad. That's a conspiracy theory. Fallout right. is a conspiracy theory. Nuclear winter doesn't that doesn't exist. Oh, if, and I hear this from, from conservatives and Republicans, which is really gross, they'll just bomb a couple of blue cities in the United States. That's all that Russia will do. So the rest of us will be fine. <laughs> Look, oh if it was just God. DC, Thanks. maybe I could get on board, but that's just not Thanks. how it works. Okay. No, that's not how it works. And you know where all of our nukes and military bases are? They're not in blue cities, by the way. No. Our military targets are not in, they're not uh, in LA. That's not, no. yeah. <laughs> no, they're definitely Sorry. not. Sorry. Right. Oh, God. Really disturbing well, stuff. Yeah, let's uh, let's keep getting more angry. Let's, let's hear from Mr. Graham. Oh, God, Word from the White House on the discussion that the two world leaders are having, Senator. I can bring you a couple, a uh, couple things that we've heard from Zelensky. It's a great honor to be here. Okay, and he's indicated he's only here. Quick stop, few hours in the United yeah. States is what he has suggested. And he is saying in the White House right now that he appreciates President Biden for all his help. Uh, we'll shortly see what more comes from this meeting. Uh, what do you want to see come from this meeting today, Senator? Well, I want uh, the administration to up their game and give the Ukrainians the capability to go on the offense more effectively to end the war on terms favorable to Ukraine and us. Here's the problem. There's no yeah. off ramp for this war. Yeah. Somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. How does this war end when Russia breaks? There's no off ramp because of you. 
weeks and they take and, Putin out. Anything short of that, the war is going to continue. To ask the Ukrainians to give Russia part of their country after all this death and destruction is not going to happen. To signal a ceasefire, Russia will take the opportunity to rearm and come at them again. So we're in it to win it. And the only way you're going to win it is to break the Russian military and have somebody in Russia take Putin out to give the Russian people a new lease on life. Oh, my God. Take that Putin was out. over the top. I mean, it's assassinate it's a world leader. What on earth? And then what did he say? Favorable terms for Ukraine and us. Right. And us. They're not they're not. There's no like speaking. But, the but it's not now. a proxy war, Angela. It's all out in the right. open. We're going to kill yeah. a world leader. We want the, the war between two other countries to end favorably for us. And, you, you know, I, I think it's, it's also worth mentioning that what were Russia's original demands? Russia's original demands of Ukraine were Ukraine should be a neutral country. It should not join a military bloc of either Russia or the West, you know, or NATO. And it should remain independent of the EU as well. Well, that was unacceptable, you know, um, and which, also, which, by the way, being, if I was Putin, I would want them in our defense. I would not I would not right. accept a compromise of them being neutral. I'd be like, no, no, no. you guys are with us because we have NATO just like all, all around us. Otherwise, we need to have you. So. Exactly. Exactly. And they've historically been invaded numerous times from the West through Ukraine, including by the Nazis. And so. The idea that uh, uh, that Russia was going to allow a another uh, uh, Nazi-infested uh, government and military and regime to exist right on its border when the Soviet Union and Russia lost literally 27 million people defeating the last Nazi regime in Europe is insane. And those are the people, the people who question, who say, oh, there's no Nazis. Uh, in Ukraine, I mean, that's crazy. The evidence is everywhere. They literally have a battalion. They're incorporated in the government. They had a political party uh, in Ukraine. And uh, when Zelensky was elected, he was, a, well, for, I mean, to begin with, he was he was always a puppet. Uh, he was a, a comedian, a reality TV show host, who was then put up by this billionaire um, to be president. But ironically, he ran on a, Zelensky, he ran on upholding the Minsk agreement and uh you know and and ending the shelling of the donbass the, the the ethnic russians that are being killed in the eastern part um of of ukraine now russia and when he went to try to enforce that when he tried to enforce the minsk agreement and said hey you know let's stop bombing them the nazis in the country threatened to kill him just like they threatened to kill him when he attempted to negotiate peace uh with russia in march just like uh, Boris Johnson and the United States came over and sabotaged that peace agreement. And that's a really important point, I think, because it goes to show that, uh, first of all, they have they have an, an effective veto. You know, those extreme uh, 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 the, the Nazis in the country have an effective veto over Zelensky and the United States has sided with them. They sided with them on continuing to shell the Donbass and kill 14,000 people in the eight years that led up, you know, to the to the Russian invasion. And they sided with them on not ending the war. So it's only the United States in this country that can finally decide to say no, because we've shut down other peace attempts 
that have happened. And that that's why it's so important that people in this country really stand up and voice their opposition to this war. Yeah, I, I honestly think that that Zelensky probably isn't doing this of his own free will. Like, like the way I see him when I see him in interviews and he looks all coked out, I'm like, this yeah. dude is like suffering. Like he's he's put in such a weird position. Like he's got a bunch. He's a Jewish dude. He's got a bunch of Nazis that are working in his military that are essentially coercing him down this path. This is all my read. I don't. I can't prove some of this, but this is just my read. And he's just like high as a kite. He's like, I just pray to God I survive this, and I'm I'm probably either going to be a super rich or super dead at the end of this thing. And he's just, oh my God, what a life. A um, yeah, I mean, a he really is. And and it's just it's so obvious that. Like we we have the people that are arguing in favor of this, saying this is about defending democracy and the autonomous decision making of the Ukrainian people and blah blah blah. And it's just so detached from reality. They're not making yeah. their own decisions at all. I mean, sure, I'm uh, some of them want to fight, and and God bless them if they want to fight for freedom. That's more power to them. Uh, I think that they're being propagandized largely into that process, but that's a, a separate point. You have that right, uh, but. I just don't want to have any sort of encouragement from the biggest military power on earth being the United States to escalate this to the point that they end up getting nuked. I mean, there's it's it's a distinct possibility that a nuclear weapon could be used. And if it were to be used, it would probably be used on Ukraine. So I don't think it's to their benefit either. Even if you like if you're a bleeding heart and you're just like, I want to help the Ukrainian people. I don't think you're helping them. I do not think you're helping them by escalating this and not forcing them to sit down and negotiate a peaceful settlement to this. And and it's so obvious when you have Boris Johnson and and the uh, American political class bipartisan, you know, standing up and well, first off, stopping negotiations, but also having the president of Ukraine come into our Capitol building and hold up a Ukrainian flag. I'm telling you guys, I got chills down my spine when I saw it. It, it struck me as this is it's. It's a psychological operation, but it's not just about the American people. It was also yeah. sending a message to Putin. There yeah. will be no negotiations. There will be none. We are going to war with you. And tell me if I'm wrong. No, I think you're I think you're right on the money. It's I don't know. I don't know how we walk back from this. That's my concern is I don't know how we in the United States walk back from it. Like the best I can think is we've got to have a really large populist wave in opposition to the point that people need to resign from 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 their positions in dc there's gonna people need to dig up dirt some of these people are gonna have to be shamed and disgraced out of office i think it i think things will have to be really ugly to get this thing to stop i hope our i hope our event is like the catalyst for that that kicks it off but it's we can't we can't really play nice with these people. Like these are like psychopathic mass murderers at this point. That's how I view them. Yeah. And and this think. takes place in the the wider context of, you know, ever since this, the the end of the Second World War, this country, the United States became the global hegemon. The end of the Second World War, you know, I, I mean, uh the entire rest of the world was basically destroyed. It was the Soviet Union that defeated uh Nazi Germany. Uh, uh, Stalin begged FDR to open a second, uh, Stalin and Church, you know, uh, FDR and Churchill to open a second front, you know, but instead they went into North Africa. Uh, and then finally, uh, you know, once the uh, Soviets had already turned the tide of the war at Stalingrad, only then did they finally open a second front and invade into 
you know, to Normandy and Eastern Europe. But ever since that point, uh, at the end of that war, the United States had 50% of global GDP, you know, so it was the undisputed, you know, imperial power having taken over from, um, uh, uh, from Britain. And ever and since then, it. what's happened is that other countries have risen. And, you know, it's become a much more multipolar world. There's the BRICS countries, you know, that have developed. And there's a group of neocons in this country that are desperately trying to maintain that American hegemony. And they have the biggest military in the world. And so they're and they're they're increasing. They're wielding that in an increasingly insane way without any limits. And that's the danger in this kind of transition. You know, those kinds of transitions from one global hegemon to the to, to, to another or to a different kind of global system, it's traditionally been marked by a war, like the Second World War, but we can't afford that kind of war today. We can't afford a Third World War because as Einstein said, I don't know what weapons the Third World War will be fought with, but the Fourth World War will be fought with sticks and stones, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, I forget the, I think it's Thucydides trap where you, that's what you're describing is essentially there's a rising powers and and a declining one and uh, in my opinion it's quite clear that the US is the de the, the declining global hegemon and it's just like can we accept that these people ought to have autonomous decision making in their own regions uh, it seems like such a ironically a progressive position to hold that like like, of course, of course, the Chinese people should be able to have autonomy and be able to decide what they want for themselves in their own arena of control. But no, 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 no. We have to have the Navy fucking patrolling their waters and deciding you know, yeah. how, how the entire trade lines work globally. I mean, it's so it's so outrageous. And, and then you have the uh, I mean, this would be more of the libertarian argument, but the, the financial constraints that are going to come because of the inflationary pressures, because of the ultimate death of the dollar and global fiat mm -hmm. systems. It, this is this is just not going to end well. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think the people in power are willing to accept a peaceful resolution, a peaceful unwinding of the, the monopolistic power that they've held for so long. And it's really up to the American people to to let them know that not only are we OK with accepting not being the global hegemon, we want it and we don't want world war. We, we can't we can't have world war. You can't do it when you have seven or nine or however many countries have nuclear arsenals. It's just not it's not feasible. On top of that, really, we're out armed. We're out and, and we out are. manned. Like if you include China in this front, because it's almost certainly going to be China and Russia if it goes down. We're toast. I don't think we could win this war. I honestly don't think so. So it's like on all fronts, Iran, I don't understand what's happening. Iran. Yeah. I, I, I'm not convinced that they have nuclear weapons, but, no, but Iran is so. going to, you know, what about Pakistan? Who are they going to side with? Right. I, I mean, nobody wins. It's it's over in hours. It's what's, over in What's going to happen between Pakistan and India? If everything starts like a domino effect, then those right. two are going to go at each other? Yeah. Yeah. And if nukes are in the air and you don't know yeah. the exact trajectory, well, then all of a sudden your your fingers on the trigger deciding, are we pulling because we don't know where these are going to land? It's yeah. like, I mean, well, we've and, and these are split seen... second decisions that have to be made that basically decide the fate of humanity. I don't want these motherfuckers making these decisions. Right. Sorry to get my Jimmy Dore on, but like, I don't want you to decide the fate of humanity. You guys can't do a fucking thing 
to protect us, to keep the economy function. You can't do anything. You can't even run a fucking election system and you're going to have the biggest nuclear arsenals on a fucking hair trigger just staring each other in the face going like, who's going to fire first? No, I don't want you guys to have that power. It's insane. Sorry. We've already had one airstrike (laughs) hit the wrong country. And that wasn't a nuke, thankfully. But we've already we've already seen Poland get hit. So who else is going to? Who else is just going to be like your whole country collateral damage? Sorry. Yeah. And and you know, what's so disturbing about that, too, was the fact that um, for about the first 24 hours, the media ran with the idea that Russia had just attacked a NATO country and that there was they had just bombed them. They had bombed this random barn like in Poland (laughs) that has great strategic significance. That sounds super plausible. Okay, you know, but the media ran with it. Well, um, we did it with the Nord Stream as well. Yeah. Yes. And and, and that then, one I don't think anyone's fessed up to yet. No, no, but they did they did come out yesterday and say, <laughs> okay, some of our intel people are saying it probably wasn't Russia. And I'm like, oh yeah, it probably wasn't their primary, you know, out like pipeline to get their primary export and sell it to Europe. Like it's their yeah. primary leverage over Europe in a war that's between basically them and Europe in the West. Like sure they blew up their own pipeline, you fucking idiots. But yeah, I mean at least they're owning up to it. at least I like honestly that could have like they're just trying to trigger hot conflict over and over yes. again. False flag after false flag just lying through their teeth. It's crazy. And there was that story that that about the uh, uh the missile that struck Poland and it being uh Russian that came from within the U.S. government. It was a high-level U.S. government source. And so someone in the United States government was participating in what was likely an attempt at, like you said, a false flag in order to escalate the war and draw NATO and the United States into more of a direct war with Russia because they know that uh, that Ukraine is going to lose. It's the same reason that they do things as insane and provocative as striking their nuclear air bases. Um, they're trying to, str- to 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 start a direct war between the U.S. and Russia. And you know, th- this is the guy Zelensky who said months ago that the U.S. should preemptively nuke Russia. So that's right. his perspective. If we go as far as he wants, like Biden saying, "Whatever you need, how long, you know, however long you need it." You know, well, that's what he wants. Right. And that's that's not where it ends. Just so everybody knows, we can't just we can't just strike Russia first and like everything's going to be okay. Like, that's just not how it works, folks. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's extraordinarily disturbing. Do you guys want to watch the last two minutes of Lindsey Graham? Let's want to find want. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hold on one second. Yes. Senator, in terms of uh, this issue of how anything will end, how will the border crisis end? That's, that's a big question. Title 42 at some point is going to come to an end. There's an omnibus spending yeah, bill that right. may go to a vote in the Senate tonight, yeah. $1.7 trillion, of which $410 million will provide enhanced border security. That, in- it's over. That's fine. I didn't need to be any more upset. He's uh, thoroughly pissed me off already. Yeah, I mean, I... I I'm just so glad that you guys are actually doing this, honest to God, because I've been talking about this for a couple months now that like I'm so I'm so sad because normally the anti-war movement arises from the left. And uh, so many on the left have been because of the indoctrination that comes through our our corporate media, um, particularly through the covid psyop. We're now in the World War Three psychological operation. And, and many of them are still listening to their favorite newscaster tell them that this is a war for freedom and peace and liberty and blah, blah, blah. Just after we, by the way, 
we're not allowed to experience freedom for the past two years for ourselves. Uh, I don't know how they still listen to these people at all, but they do. So, uh, yeah, anyways, point being, I'm just thrilled that there's actually a movement to try and galvanize a bipartisan push to do something. I mean, because it's just yeah. it's, it's, it's us or nobody at this point. Yeah, I want to emphasize that this is this is not a, a left or right movement. This is just a, a movement for human beings who don't want to get obliterated by nuclear war. <laughs> like, pretty much everybody who opposes war is welcome at this event. We want your group. Say if we need financial support, too, because we're going to have to be building like a huge stage jumbotrons. This is not soapbox and uh, megaphone. This is not that kind of event. This is an event where we're going to have thousands of people turn out at the Lincoln Memorial. So if you go to rageagainstwar.com, you can find places to donate. We have sponsorship levels to get your name on the site. Um, we've got a really long list of speakers and potential speakers. But if you have a really good connection with someone who's got a lot of cultural pull, like a musician or someone in the entertainment industry that can help us kind of break past just the activism wall, that would be great. You know, get in touch with us. We want this. Do you thing have to, any right wingers? Yeah, we have. Mm, so what we're doing with this is we're not pulling really hard from Republicans or Democrats because their parties are supporting the war and making it possible. But we do have uh, Dan McAdams on board from the Ron Paul Institute and uh, a couple of other people from Ron Paul's camp who are interested. Uh, we're going to have reached out to Massey. We have not reached out to Massey yet. Um, I'm, okay. I'm I'm open to it, but right now we're really prioritizing people who are independent. Okay. Um, no uh, shade at Massey. He's like amazing. It's just the GOP. Course. We're kind of we're kind of keeping a healthy separation right now. Well, the the only reason I, I I say that is because you know there are GOPers that would be like, oh, like this isn't like I have yeah. the option of dissenting from the party here, and I think yeah. that that would be a, a meaningful message to send. Uh, Jesse Kelly, for instance, there's there's some other, you know, big independent but commentators that I'm sure right. would classify themselves as conservatives uh, that are in opposition to this. And I just think that, you know, anybody, man, like anybody that allows yeah. the the masses, yeah. like the the followers, not the leaders to say, oh, I can follow this leader who I respect that is also not interested in dying in nuclear hellfire. Yeah. Right. And that that is just what we're going for. You know, like Angela said, it's it's uh, left and right and all across the political spectrum. You know, anybody who doesn't want to get nuked, anybody who's fed up with these endless wars that are consuming our resources, not just this one that has, you know, apparently a blank check, you know, from both parties, but uh, the trillions of, you know, the 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 uh, eight hundred fifty billion dollar annual military budget, just an enormous waste of resources. The fact that we're paying more for food and gas, you know, as a result of this war, Europe is being deindustrialized. I mean, all their small businesses are basically shutting down. Um, it, you know, that they, they've lost their, their energy supplies, their, uh, their, if, you know, if we think our cost of energy is bad and it, and it is over there, it's, it's crazy. And there's yeah, protests over 700% year over year in Germany. It is. It is. It's, and that's why it's not being covered by the U.S. media. But there are tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of people protesting um, in Europe. Uh, and it's, they're protesting this war, you know, all across the continent. But their countries are just they're just satellite states. They're just puppet governments to the United States, you know. And so it's really in this country where we have to mount that resistance. We have to stop these 
wars that are uh, it's also our civil liberties that are being taken in the name of these wars you know our freedom of speech like the number one thing that basically gets censored online is uh, uh people who are speaking out against the war on these you know all various social media platforms so you know it's habeas corpus mass surveillance the patriot act so much is done to contort this society because of these wars and these empires and that's why we got to bring it all to an end this has to be a moment this war where they've brought us to the edge of a nuclear world war three has to be the moment where we say we're done being ruled by this military industrial deep state you know and this sham of a democracy that is the united states now you know and we need to to, to restore a government of by and for the people yep well said angela any other comments um, well, national spending has been really, really frightening too. And I think that's what's pushing this. So people need to pay attention to, to how much money is being spent. I think we've had $2.6 trillion added to the national debt between the omnibus bill and the NDAA that was also passed recently. So be mindful of that. Those of you who are voting, especially those of you who think I've got to vote Republican, to defeat the Democrats, we've got, you know, there's no other choice, it's unpalatable. Go and look to see who who voted to spend this money and think about that and think about that in the context of, of your argument that you've got to vote GOP. Uh, I, I don't really think that that is a viable path to uh, existence, existential safety at this point. You should yeah. really, really consider that, man. Yeah, and I, I really do think that, you know, what we're facing, and I'll put on my tinfoil hat here since we all know that I'm a conspiracy theorist. Um, I think that the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset, like yep. this is kind of the next phase of the rollout of the, the lockdown pandemic psyop into the World War III psyop, leads into the central bank digital currency psyop, and then you're fucked psyop. So yep. um, <laughs> to put it well, let, me, let me just say, as, uh, as someone on the left, I agree with everything you said. I also agree with what you said earlier about how you know, our, our fiat currency is going to be collapsed. Um, you know, the, we're facing the collapse of the dollar uh, as a as a world reserve currency. Uh, you know, the BRICS are developing a different currency and it's going to be a catastrophe in this country. And yep. and, um, you know, the these two uh, warmongering parties are accelerating that um, with this war. Couldn't agree more, man. Well, I hope everybody go goes and gets involved. Sign up. Let people know that you're going spread the word, get it out there. Um, you know, this really may be our last shot. And I know that sounds hyperbolic, but like, you don't know. I mean, the, yep. I'm telling you the, the sensation I got, and I'm not, and I, I even made this explicit. I am not some patriotic, you got to fly the American flag in my capital. You don't fly some other fucking flag from some other stupid country. I'm not that guy. Like, I'm just not. But when I saw that, the symbolic nature of it, it was so overt. It was so intentional. The, the psychological, uh, you know, warfare that we're experiencing to try and just encourage us down this path we need those that are able to see through it to let other people know who are also kind of getting an inkling of seeing through it that it's okay it's okay to not want world war three that's an okay in fact it's the only moral position to hold yeah thank you guys Absolutely. so much for tuning in uh angela go ahead and tell people one more time where they can find out information uh, you can find you can find out more about our event at rageagainstwar.com. We're on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as well. You can find me on Twitter at Angela for LNC Chair. And Nick, anything uh, for following you? 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Nick underscore Brana. You can uh, follow the People's Party, also People's Party underscore uh, US. And uh, also to anyone who's out there, you know, who can make it. First of all, you know, please come. Uh, but if you also have something to give, uh, we've set a target of raising 45000 I do want to shout that out because we want to do something different. We want to meet the moment. And that's going to take resources. And so if you if you have anything you can give, you can find that on the website, RageAgainstWar.com. Perfect. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you to Angela and Nick for your time and for your efforts and your energy. It's inspiring. We need it. We need to be inspired. We need to have hope. We need to actually come together in this moment of dire, dire necessity. It's not a choice anymore. Get off your fucking couch. Get involved and speak your truth. Do not do not be cowed by the masses. You are the masses. Love you guys. See you soon. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?